With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to an all games radio network broadcast of allgames.com. Allgames.com. This is George Romero. You're listening to ZombieCast. Hey, this is Dave Fenoy. The voice of Lee Everett, and you're listening to Zombie Cast. This is Greg Nicotero of The Walking Dead, and you're listening to Zombie Cast. I'm Sarah Wayne Callies, and you're listening to Zombie Cast. This is Laurie Holton, and you're listening to Zombie Cast. This is Danny Drew, and I'm listening to Zombie Cast. You better be listening to it, too. Well, you are if you're hearing me, so keep listening. Hi, this is Sid Haig, and you are listening to ZombieCast. That's why you can hear me, stupid. Yo, monkeys, it's me, DDP, Diamond Dallas Page, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion, and, of course, Billy Ray Snapper and Devil's Rejects. And you, well, you, monkey, you're listening to the ZombieCast. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Hi, this is Norman Reedus, and you're listening to Zombie Cast. Zombie Cast. You know me as Axel from The Walking Dead, and I'm here to tell you, zombie cast. Stay tuned in. You follow me? And thank you, Romero, for that super awesome introduction this weekend. Welcome, zombies, to ZombieCast, an unofficial guide to all things zombie, episode 173, where I'm Sean. I'm Norma. And I'm Ted. And thank you, zombies, for another download of ZombieCast this week. I want to thank you no matter where you get us, iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and ZombieCast.net. The best place is every Monday night, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern at allgames.com forward slash chat. Come over here, enter your name, enter the chat, mingle with the zombies in chat from all over the world, and mingle with the show uh, as we broadcast live over here. Uh, you can also br- hear us live now on Xbox One. You can download the <gasps> TuneIn app, and we will stream live right from your Xbox One console, so be sure to check that out. Which, uh, it's actually pretty awesome, but, uh, thanks for all the live chatters over here. Uh, we do remind all you guys to go to ZombieResearchSociety.com. It's where the official radio show, the Zombie Research Society. Go over there and browse all those news articles, and on the lower right, while you're browsing, click that ZombieCast play button. Listen to us while you browse those news articles over there, and we want to thank Matt Moak, Romero, all the guys at the Society for having us as the official radio show of the Zombie Research Society. And while you're over on the social medias, go to Facebook, search ZombieCast likes over there, and over on the Twitters... Follow us at ZombieCast World at ZombieCast World 
click that banner up top and follow each individual host. And guys, uh, we, we got to move kind of quick because we got a guest coming up. But uh, we do want to remind everybody that we do have a couple more spaces left for our trip in Los Angeles, uh, San Bernardino, which is right outside of Los Angeles. But, uh, you know, we still got a couple teams needed. And, and what it is is we're going to give you uh, a cabin for a night, all your meals, and, and tons of zombie mazes. <laughs> A whole goulash, goulash. I'm going up. Uh, I'm going up there Friday because I I want to. That's opening out. I, I want to check it out before we send a whole bunch of people. <laughs> you gonna test it out for us, Ted? I'm gonna I'm gonna go scope. I'm gonna go scope it out and make sure it's on the up and up. Check, <laughs> if I don't come, if I don't come back, cancel the tickets for everybody. Ted, are you are you gonna check the bungees and the welds on the metal? Yeah, I'm gonna make sure there are uh, the safety regulations on the zip line are up to snuff and uh, uh, you know. I, I don't. Yeah. So we'll. Well, I'll have a full report Saturday morning on a, if I come back. Yeah. You know, and we've even got some zombies that may be flying into the Los Angeles area just for this. Uh, just trip. for this, which just is really, really fantastic. Yeah. Yes, really. Yeah. They 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 specifically said that they want to go with Ted. They they have no team member, so they need <laughs> Ted as a team member. And I tagged you on I've that post told, earlier. I'm going. I'm going Friday, and I've been tr- asking. I can't. No, nobody's available to go. Derek, you want to go? Uh, you want to go ride a, a seven hundred foot zipline? Go, Derek. Go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take plenty of pictures of that. Well, but, well, we would put Derek on the zipline, and when we catch him at the end, it'd just be his corpse, like on the yeah, yeah. White, uh, white Derek. Derek would be a zombie snapping at everybody. But uh, ooh, ooh. but, uh, but uh, you know. There's no entry thing any for this. We want to give you this. So if you're in the Los Angeles area, San Bernardino to be exact, it's uh, PanicMountain.com to find out all the details. But we have, you know, we can waive all those fees for the cabin, the meals, and all the events and give it to you absolutely free. The only thing you have to pay for is the the zip line is not included, I think, due to a safety thing. That's a separate separate thing. Whoa, what is that? I don't know. You have to pay pay $40 for the zip line because I think that's – that's you know dangerous and you're probably gonna have to sign a waiver so that's n- we're not giving that away right right gotcha. so, uh, you know and even if you want an excuse and you're like well you know i've been wanting to go to you know california for some time this is just the right reason to go then yeah absolutely let us know yeah but so, it starts we'll get you there starts friday yes yeah, so, yeah starts friday but we have we actually have uh 28 passes to go 14 teams. We have a couple of spots left. A lot of people have signed up, so we're getting those team names, getting all that lined up, getting the codes out to you guys. Uh, and we want to thank everybody that's participating with the ZombieCast Panic Mountain event. Uh, so I uh, hope you guys and, uh, enjoy that. ZombieCast is not responsible for you falling from the zipline. Yes, I, yes. We're just not responsible. <laughs> At all. Uh, we do remind all the guys, if you're listen, listening to us on the Fear the Walking Dead feed, be sure to check out our main feed at ZombieCast.net. We want to thank all those listeners over there. And for carrying our show good this week, uh, we want to thank everybody for spreading the word of ZombieCast. So, Norma, you took a trip to Philadelphia and you hung out with some people from The Walking Dead. I and did. some other podcasts. Uh, and also, before we get into that, yeah. uh, coming up uh, here in a couple of minutes, we have UFC fighter Nate The Rock Quarry. You know, he's, he's done a lot of the pay-per-view that, you know... You know, he was big when he was in the NFC, in the UFC. So we're going to be talking about the UFC, and then he has a comic out, Zombie Cage Fighter. Uh, so we're going to be talking about Zombie Cage Fighter with Nate the Rock Quarry, which is pretty awesome from UFC. Uh, so he, he's done a, a, a lot of stuff. If you're in the UFC, you know exactly who I'm talking about. But to Norma, Philadelphia, the Pope. Philadelphia, we have the Pope was there. Cardboard, 
cardboard form, of course. And we had a couple of Pope uh, zombies come and join us as well. But it was actually really, really fun. I, I got to meet Eli uh, Sodoom from Knuckleballer Radio. And I went and I went up and I met Lou Temple. I actually went to go visit him a couple times. And that guy is an amazing, amazing guy. I just have to say, he took time to everybody that came to his little booth and just chit-chatted with them. There were a couple of the um, the actors that had signs up that says, no meet and greet. Like, you could go and get their autograph and get a picture. You would have to pay for these as a yeah. fee. But there was a sign that you were not allowed to meet and greet them. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. But uh, Lou took his time to actually chit chat with everybody that walked through his line and he uh you know like everybody else wanted to really like charge a lot of money to get like their picture taken with them or or an autograph but his he was not expensive compared to everybody else and i thought that was great uh i walked up next to uh josh mcdermott who plays eugene i was like feet away from him i could have touched him did you pull his hair norma get like arrested or anything i did it was very tempting because he actually does have the mullet it is his real hair see me and ted saw him and um lincoln tobias was there what was that i I was saying when me and ted saw him it was after filming season last and uh he actually chopped his mullet off he had short hair he chopped it no he he, he, had his aunt i was gonna say when he cuts his hair he looks like brad pitt (laughs) <laughs> oh really is that so yeah. you know it was it was actually really neat because a lot of them are goofing around with each other you know um josh mcdermott and um i can't remember his name right now but he plays gareth they just filmed a movie together so they were kind of goofing all on on the panel together even though they were not being interviewed at the same time Andrew i saw J. your West. girl ted and i thought of you and instantly i believe her first name is melissa she's the one that plays um rick's little candy in this little world that they're at who was also in um horror uh american horror story Mm -hmm. she was there and i was pretty close to her ted i could have touched her i had second row seats when she was up doing the charades game i was able to uh see the girls uh lizzie and her sister and they're uh the little girl she's actually pretty funny she's really cute like some of her things she says she's like oh my gosh does she realize like half the stuff she's saying she's she's gonna be (laughs) pretty clueless she's cute she's cute and funny uh i was very close to emily um kinney Beth? I, I saw like a lot of people. I was little. Yes, Beth. Uh, we didn't stay for her concert though. That was like after they closed the con. You could come back if you um, bought concert tickets to go see her. And uh, a lot of the um, characters just walked. Characters, <clears throat> actors just walked by, and like I was oblivious because I was like so like in awe that I didn't realize that the actor that plays Bob was like literally standing next to me for like 35 seconds my husband's like did you just see who just like was standing next to you i'm like no who he's like are you kidding me he's like turn and he like turned me around and i'm like oh my gosh it's bob it's me bob someone noticed me me. it's me bob it was funny funny because you know and maybe i don't know I, i i consider myself as an avid fan but if I were to walk down the street next to a lot of these people, I think I would not 
recognize and you know i just i just hold them in such a high pedestal that sometimes my brain forgets to think they're real people they dress normal you know they're you know wearing a t-shirt and jeans so that was that was fun and weird all at the same time uh i actually met michael codwell from well what is their show again sean the xd experience did i say correctly I met them on Sunday. I met him and his sister Gidget, and we had a lot of fun. We did a little show Gidget. together. And Gidget. Gidget. Her name Gidget. is Gidget. She's was really she a wearing girl. a was she dressed in a in a bathing suit the whole weekend? Actually, that's no, re- but she was dressed as somebody who was bitten. <laughs> <laughs> that's a reference I know, to an old I know, TV show. I know. Yes, I used to love watching Gidget, uh, and he actually talked to Lou. He talked to. Um, the character that plays Bob, he talked to Josh McDermott. He met Shane. He met a lot of people. They they went to a lot of the lines, and we had the media pass. So half the, I didn't realize this, but like some of the actors, were like that's fine. You can just talk to us and get pictures of us. You know, you don't have to wait in line nor pay a fee. But I guess a couple of the managers caught on to that and said, "Yeah, no, you can't do that." Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So that- the, the first year we went, Norma, they they put media in, in front of the line. And refuse money. And then, you know, when we went with Ted and all, you know, they, they wouldn't even really let us wait in some of the lines. They're like, you know, uh, you got to pay. You, you can't even shake their hand. And, and it's like that with the public a lot of times. You know, so if you pay to get a walk soccer con, you can't just meet these actors. You got to pay like the $100 fee. And yeah. so, yeah. Well, everybody, and it's interesting because everybody's got different tiers of what they charge for, like meet and greet, you know, and getting pictures and getting autographs. And, um, but I really honestly think, and I, I can't quote this, you know, or say that it's truth, but I think it's the actors themselves that might set up this fear with their managers. Because I think Lou has a lot of clout with his, his, you know, his, you know, his experience and the stuff that he's done, but he was not charging like crazy prices. Like I saw on Giancarlo from Breaking Bad and it was like $70 just to meet him, just to go up and talk to him was $70. And, and see, Norma, the first Walker soccer we went to, like me and Matt and Freeman, Mommy, and Fred Roja was standing in the parking deck. And you got mm-hmm. Gus standing there beside us, looking out into the gaze. You got Herschel was on the curb drinking. You got uh, Andrea, Lori Holden standing there, uh, Lou Temple. You know, it was like literally standing out there whenever we were out there, like like with the smokers and stuff. 15 actors out there just hanging out so after hours at these things it's pretty good and ted you know that that was kind of the you know like when we met herschel and stuff you know mm-hmm. what was after hours so norman next time you go try to stay in the hotel where the actors you know are standing. I, they're, they're just hanging out man like with everybody else we were looking into staying into a hotel but i couldn't find anything close by uh i mean i'm sure that there was other things that i overlooked the closest thing was like a couple miles away Right. But the weird part is the actual convention center, it was called the like Philly area, but it was actually on the outside of Philadelphia. So instead of being two hours away from me, I was only like an hour and 20 minutes away. So any hotels that we were going to be looking into was 45 minutes away from my house. So it was kind of silly yeah. to get a hotel room, you know, spend $170 on something that I was really 45 minutes away from home and not that close to anything. But, you know... Uh, unfortunately, the better half had to do some work issues, so we had to leave like right as the con closed. 
But uh, I went back Sunday by myself, but I actually uh, invited my friend Sandra, Ed's sister, and we hung out. And we, if you go on my Facebook, you'll see a bunch of goofy pictures that we all took together. And, you know, that's, we, we got to see a lot of fun panels that way too. And I have a lot of videos that I put up also. I, you know, I'm ready to go to the next Walker Stalker Con. This was so much fun. Even though, like, a lot of the main characters were not there, um, Chandler... Uh, Rig, Riggs was there. Right. His lines nonstop. He was nonstop. He was one of the actors that is currently on the show that was there, you know. And I'm trying to think of who the other, you know. Then the girl, your girl Ted, she was there, who's still currently on the mm. show that we know of. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm like, I can't picture her. who is she. I know her. I know her. I know her. And it like took me like a good 15 minutes to actually place her. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's Rick's eye candy and that's Ted's eye candy. And she's beautiful. She's stunning. You think, I, you yeah. think if I got in a fight with Rick Grimes, I could t- I could take him? I yes. think so. You know, uh, Andrew Lincoln was not there. Stephen Young was not there. The uh, Who else? Daryl. You know, uh, Norman Reedus was not there. I'm trying to think of who... Oh, um, I could not remember his name for the life of me, his character's name yeah. for the life of me. But he's the one that's walking around with Eugene, the, the redhead, redhead guy. Michael Cutlass. Uh, Yes. Apple, his name. I can't remember his name. Is Abraham. Abraham. And I'm like for the my I'm trying to rack my brain who he you know, what his character's name is. He was there, he seemed like a really swell guy and you know, he looks all buff uh in the movies, but up close he nah. doesn't look that buff. It's just incredible how the camera changes, but, you know, how they look in real per- yeah. in real now. Uh, Sonequa, is that her name? Sonequa Morton Green. Oh my gosh, she is beautiful. She's stunning. Is that Sandra? I think so. Um, was uh, wasn't she Bob's like little love interest? She was Tyrese's uh sister. Sister. Yes. But so, but but she's just gorgeous. And we'll come back to it. We got to get to our guest, but but. it's one thing, like whenever you stand there and look at them, like with me and Ted, like when we were sit there and, and you see these actors, Norma, for the first time, it's kind of like you know mm-hmm. you you think of the scenes that they've been in and, and, and the sets that they've been on for The Walking Dead, and you're like, wow, yeah, you know, these guys were there, you know. So it, it's always pretty mind blowing. Uh, I, I wanted to say to Norma too, uh, she she didn't remember what I I got to meet Gareth and got a photo with him. He was like the nicest person I met. Free, free, yeah, just walked up to him, nice as hell, and you couldn't remember his name. Uh, I believe his name is Dreamy McDreamerson. That's his real yes. name. And he married he married the black chick from 22 yeah. Jump Street. I watched 22 Jump Street. Oh, I was like, yeah? that girl is so fucking hot yes. in that movie. And I looked her up and it's like, I know, and I, I follow Gareth on Instagram. They got married or when, yeah, right around that Yeah, and she started time. showing up in his pictures. I was like, that's the girl. And then they got married, yeah. They got married right around when we saw him, Ted. Yeah, it was like a month later. Yeah, yeah. Good for, good for, well, good you for know, both of them. I did see his panel. I did see his panel. He seems like a really, really nice guy. He was just so down to earth. You know, I think with the exception of a few people that I just won't name, but most of them seem so laid back. They didn't mind walking around, you know, and just kind of chatting with people. People would, like, kind of stop and talk to them, and they were okay with that. You know what I mean? They didn't seem like they were in a hurry. Yeah. You know, they like they had to get somewhere or like, OK, you're above, you know, I'm above you kind of deal. But, they just. But when you go, it was pretty amazing. When you go and Norman Reedus is there and Andrew Lincoln, they have like 10 cops with them. 
whenever they're walking through the crowd. I mean, yeah. it's nuts. Crazy. It's like presidential feel. But guys, uh, we got to jump to our our guest right quick, and you're going to hear a bling, bling, bling. And we'll be uh-huh. back with USC fighter Nate the Rock Quarry. Bling, bling. All right, Zombies, we're back with a super awesome guest this week. And, uh, you know, for the old Zombies out there, they've heard this gentleman on here before. It was on a live broadcast that we've done back on Season 3 day. Uh, back, Season 3 for The Walking Dead. Uh, but, you know, he's he's a monster. He can be a monster, but uh, he's got a comic out where he fights monsters. And, from you know, you guys know him from Ultimate Fighter Championship, uh, the UFC. It's uh, Nate the Rock Quarry. Nate, dude, welcome back to ZombieCast. Hey, man, thanks for having me back. Yeah, dude, man, it's uh, we, we got you on video this time, and this is uh, it's an honor having you on, dude. You know, somebody with with for one that's dipping into the zo- zombie genre and has for the last couple of years, but uh, also from the UFC, dude. This is this is pretty big for us. Oh, dude, you're you're talking me up too big, man. I'm I'm lucky <laughs> to be here. I'm I'm glad you remembered me. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, dude. You know, b- before we get into Zombie Cage Fighter, which is the comic you got, man, I've got to ask you. You know, you were in the UFC. You know, on pay-per-views, I mean, like, in the spotlight, dude. And, dude, do you ever get nervous when you go into a coliseum of 40,000 people screaming for you, dude? I mean, does it, does, it, does it knock you off your game any, or? I realized I fought better when I was nervous, when I was scared, when I was excited. It, it really comes down to figuring out what works for you. And that was a big part of, of my development as a fighter because I didn't compete as a kid. I was raised as a, a Jehovah's Witness in a very strict cult. Didn't do any sports. I was the nerdiest little kid, big, thick glasses, garage sale clothes, uh, picked on by all the cool kids. So I didn't grow up competing. So then I started training with guys like Randy Couture, Matt Lindland, Dan Henderson, guys who are Olympic athletes who have been competing since they were four or five years old. So for them, it was remaining calm, uh, using that, that energy in the proper way. If they got nervous or, or too excited, their technique wouldn't flow very well. Well, I, <clears throat> when I fought like that, I would get the crap kicked out of me. Right. So I had to realize it, it was miserable. But for me, being excited, being scared, being nervous was the best way for me to fight. So I just channeled that energy and Everybody always asks me, what are you thinking as you're walking out to the cage? It's things that I can't really repeat <laughs> because it was, just, <laughs> it was all just stuff to really get me amped up and excited. And in the Zombie Cage Fighter comic, I have a line in there where it says uh, the crowd just wants blood. They don't care whose it is. Mm. And that was one of the things that would just keep me motivated is just thinking. And, and after the fight, my mindset was completely different. Then it was all done. The nerves were gone. I'd done the best of my ability, what I could do. Then I was all happy that everybody was there and we could celebrate. But before that, it was just all vile hatred in my mind. Right, right. Well, you know, whenever I was a kid, my dad used to always tell me, said, you know, you know, you would never be in trouble for defending the family name or defending your sister. You know, no matter what, you won't be in trouble. But my dad always stressed out, you know, if you ever get the shaky leg, you're going to lose. So, <laughs> so, you know, it took me years to find... I guess that that power, you know, how to get mad, you know, because like say like being bullied at school and stuff like that, you know, and I, you know, everybody knows about the shaky leg, you know, and you know, <laughs> and, and just being nervous. So it's weird hearing you talk about, you know, that that I guess nervousness kind of kind of helped you out, man. Yeah, and it really depends on what area it's in. Like if it's a speaking gig, because I do a lot of speaking, if I'm nervous there, I fall on my face. But in fighting, 
it's it's really for me it was letting the subconscious take over so it, my fights would go by so fast i didn't know what was going on it was almost like i would wake up from a dream and i'd be in this position and then i'd blink and i'd be someplace else so i was never i think if, if guys are calm enough they can slow things down and they can think their way through but me i was always wading through a hail of punches being so much shorter than my opponents trying to get into the inside, and then they'd switch to knees and elbows, then they'd switch to wrestling. So for me, it just went by too quickly. And it, like in a, a street confrontation, although I'm not a street fighter, I think then it would be a very calm thing, at least up until the point where, where fisticuffs become engaged. Because as, as I, it, it, my, my way of being angry in real life, there's two stages. There's one, there's the I'm really loud and yelling angry right. when I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And then there's the very calm, accepted angry where I've already decided that whatever it is I'm about to fight for is worth dying for. Hmm. And <laughs> I, was, I was telling that one time to somebody and my daughter was sitting there and she goes, oh, I hate the quiet anger. <laughs> That's always bad. <laughs> I think most of us do hate the quiet anger. We know it's coming after them. <laughs> yeah, at that oh point, God. it's like, well... I guess either one or both of us are going to die. Let's, let's go. So, so, so pre-show, Ted, what was this video you were watching? I, 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 I was like watching the highlight reel of him just beating the crap out of somebody. <laughs> I honestly don't know much about UFC, but I, uh, I'm, I think I'm in the crowd of people that just want to see people getting knocked out. And, uh, yeah, so I, I sent you guys a clip of him laying a dude out. Ah, uh, so dude, that's pretty awesome. It's uh, so. So are you still affiliated anyway with UFC, or are you totally free free of those guys? I mean, do you train? Or <laughs> it's or funny you like should... that. So the UFC essentially is a corporation, the Ultimate Fighting Championship. The sport is MMA, mixed martial arts. I'm engaged right now in a class action lawsuit against the UFC because mm. they've monopolized the sport. They control every aspect of it. They've killed the free market. So I'm kind of on their uh, list of people to hate right now. And right. it's funny you, you would bring that up because uh, Rich Franklin just announced his retirement today. So I fought Rich Franklin for the title 10 years ago, something like that, right. and got brutally knocked out. One of the, the greatest knockouts in UFC history. They actually showed at the start of every UFC pay-per-view. And people every once in a while, when they want to take a dig at me, they'll, they'll, they'll mention that. They're like, oh, you got knocked the F out and blah, blah, blah. And my response is always the same. I was like, man, that's still a highlight of my life. Where I came from, I started training at 24. I had coaches told me I was no good, and I never would be. I had coaches that didn't care about anything other than dollar signs when it came to my career, whether it was me or another the opponent I was fighting. They just cared about the money. So for me to make it all the way up to a title fight, I have the poster from that night framed on my wall. I see it every single day. Signed by Rich Franklin, signed by me, signed by everybody on the card. Right. It's one of the highlights of my life, let alone the career. I was the main event at the MGM Grand. Yeah. So Franklin announced his retirement today, and I tweeted out to him, buddy, it was such an honor to face you in the cage. You were an awesome champion. Congratulations on whatever you're going to do. And then Dana White, it just got pointed out to me, Dana White, the president of the UFC, tweeted himself, uh, uh, Rich Franklin, you were such a great champion. Good luck in your retirement. And then shows tweets out the gif of me getting knocked out by Franklin. Well, I just fall like a a, a tree. And it, it's one of those things where he's he's trying to take a dig at me, but it's like, man, 
that's still one of the, the best days of my life. And, and he will never understand that because he's not a fighter. He, he doesn't know anything about that. He's a promoter. Promoters are, are just about money. So right. for me as a fighter, just, and I would say to a man who's 0-1 in fighting, who only fought one time and lost, you still went further than most people will in their life because most people just, they're so afraid of losing. They're so afraid of failure. Yeah. They'll never step into the cage. They'll, they'll never pursue their dream. They continue on with this comfortable misery. They hate their job. They hate their life. They hate their wife. But they're so afraid of, of actually failing that they'll never even take a shot. And for me, I'd rather fail on the grandest scale yeah. than always safe, comfortable life wondering what if I would have taken a chance. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I remember when it, it seems like, and I may be wrong, Nate, uh, but, but it seems like when you were on a couple years ago, there was a celebrity you were trying to get a fight with. Was it on your website? Oh, oh you, you must be thinking of the uh, Steven Seagal. Steven thing. Seagal, yeah, <laughs> Steven Seagal, because he, he, I remember reading up on that, and, and back then you know, he claimed that uh, everything that he'd done was real, real, and I think you were kind of challenging him. Well, uh, so, so what I did was, <laughs> it would have been awesome for me to fight Steven Seagal, yes. but I think what I actually did was I had a, a, a shirt made, and I was on G4 at the time, and I said, uh, there's somebody out there right now who's taking a lot of credit for a lot of fights that thinks he's just this unstoppable master. <laughs> well, that's the cool thing about fighting. If you think you're that good, all you have to do is fight. Hmm. And that'll, that'll prove it to the world. All the questions will be answered. And I stood up, and I unbuttoned my shirt, and I had Steven Seagal versus Randy Couture on my shirt <laughs> and, and and i the uh the people interviewing me didn't even know i was going to do that they just lost it so i started this whole campaign couture versus seagal and it was more of just a gimmicky thing to drive people to the website zombiecagefighter.com but it was just such a hilarious thing that it really got a lot of traction and to me that's all it is it's just fighting if you think you're that good show up i mean steven seagal if you're teaching guys how to do these front kicks that are knocking people out and you're you're Wrist locks are so deadly. Wouldn't you want to make a couple million dollars for five minutes worth of work? It seems pretty simple to me. If you're that good, just show up and fight. But he never did. <laughs> well, it's it's when you watch Expendable, the Expendables movies that Randy Couture's in. Like my friend always says, like those guys are all badass, but Randy Couture would beat the shit out of every one of them. <laughs> like in oh, the yeah. Expendables, yeah, yeah. So. That, that's because that's what he does. That's his career. He's a, an actual fighter. Those yeah. guys are all actors. They're they, pretend they work a lot of techniques. So, and, and I, I'm sure they're all great guys. I'm sure they're they're pretty tough compared to your your average guy, but compared to an actual fighter, and it's funny. Like even with military guys, now the military guys are training a whole lot more. But before they really kind of caught on with MMA, they're like, "Oh man, we're we're the Marines. We're the toughest guys." Blah blah blah. And I'm like, "Buddy," and and so they they train with me a little bit or, or any of the other fighters. And they'd realize that in hand-to-hand -hand combat, they're just not as good as us. And I tell them, you guys start off with, with guns that are really big and far away. Yeah. And as you get closer to the action, you switch to slightly smaller guns that are still really big. And you're, you can still be miles away. Then you get closer and you move into an assault rifle. And then you move into a handgun. And then you move into a knife. And you've got your buddies there. If everything goes wrong, all of that fails, then you go to hand-to-hand -to -hand combat. My day starts and stops with my hands. That's all it is. If it was me and you with handguns, 
I'd be trying to figure out how to turn off the safety while you're emptying a clip into me. But when it's just hand-to-hand, that's all I do. That's how I feed my family. So if, if that's what you do to feed your family, you're going to get pretty good at it. Yeah, dude, this, uh, it's pretty <laughs> awesome. So Zombie Cage Fighter, man. Nate, have you have you always been a zombie fan? Is it? Uh, did you grow up on zombies or is zombie? No, no. Honestly, so, so how did it come about? It. I found zombies, most zombie movies, just to be so predictable. It was. It was just the same stuff over and again, over and over again. They were just going for the gore factor, just the the explosions and the blood and all that kind of stuff. There was no real character development in any of it, and that's why The Walking Dead has been so successful. And, and that's kind of the gimmick with The Walking Dead is The Walking Dead are the humans. They're not the zombies. They're living through this world and they're having to overcome. And it's something that we can all see ourselves in that type of a situation. So when I saw most zombie movies, it just didn't really excite me. I wanted characters that I could care about. Well, then we started sitting around talking around the gym about you know, comic books because we're all a bunch of, bunch of fanboys and I'm one of the biggest. And we were talking about comic books and heroes and this and that and... I think I brought up what what would be a character that you could actually fight in the supernatural world and win. And I think zombies just, it seemed like something that we can believe in. I mean, if you look at, at vampires, it seems a little bit supernatural. Werewolves, same type of thing. Superheroes, that's a completely different dimension. But we can visualize zombies in this world that something could happen. There could be some kind of a virus, some kind of a disease that goes around where people become impervious to pain, basically brain dead, but still upright and walking and starving to death. And so I started kind of scripting out these little scenarios where if I had to fight a zombie, how would I do that? And it just became something fun that I was interested in is writing these things down. And then people kept bugging me to write a biography of my life. And I I was back on G4. And they asked me what the next big thing I was working on was. And I said, well, I'm working on Zombie Cage Fighter. And the rules are pretty simple. For zombies, no biting. For, for, for humans, no biting. For zombies, mostly biting. And the producer came up to me afterwards and he says, that, that's amazing. I want to see everything you have on it. And I looked him in the eye and I shook his hand. And I said, cool, well, I'm going to fly back home. I'll put together a presentation, come back down and pitch it to you. Awesome. Because I had nothing. Hmm. Not a thing. But, but I'm not going to say no to one of the head producers of G4. Yeah. So I go home, I get a six pack and I just sit at the computer and start writing. And I had this idea how the story was going to begin, how the story was going to end. I just kind of had to fill in the middle. So I started writing down my life, things that I've been through, things that I've seen and done. And then I threw in zombies. And it was just like I said, scenarios, things that I've been through. And then as I was scripting out the fight scenes, everyone had to be realistic for me because I'm just it's my life. How would I fight a zombie? You can't knock it out. It's not going to tap out. You have to look at it as a mechanism, and you have to break down the mechanism. If you grab my finger, if I'm, if I'm all doped up on painkillers and can't feel anything, and you're trying to beat me, you're going to break a finger. Therefore, my finger is no longer usable. You're going to tear my shoulder off. Now I've lost my right arm. Those types of things. So fighting a zombie was the same thing. Yeah. I need to break this thing down, and how am I going to go about it? I can't choke it out, so... In the in the issue zero, my character, I always refer to him as Rock, he's me. Rock yeah. is going for a, a front guillotine where you cut off the carotid arteries in up to the head so the guy passes out. Well, Rock goes for that against the zombie. 
because it's just natural to do that. And then realizing, oh man, I, I can't choke him out. So he switches to uh, uh, face lock, where we basically we, we lock in our forearm across the jaw and using just the twisting power, we snap the neck. And in the UFC, someone will tap out and say, you've caught me, don't break my neck. That's the end of that. Well, in the zombie world, you do that and you just snap their neck. So you've just broken the mechanism. Now they're paralyzed. The head may still be active. They may still be biting, but the threat is essentially gone. So I just I wrote these things out. And in the issue zero that I put out in 2012, I was really just trying to see if anybody else thought this was a cool story. And if not, I was just going to do it for myself and I'd have it on my desk as, as something that I wrote. Well, it turned out that everybody just thought the story was really cool. And I got the same complaint over and over again. When is the next story coming out? <laughs> so I had, I had my original 22-page treatment that I'd written. And then I, I worked with somebody to turn it into a screenplay. And then I worked with Blair Butler from G4 mm -hmm. to turn it into that one-shot comic. And uh. then I went to Jamie Rich, who's just this phenomenal comic book writer who now is one of the heads of Valiant. And we sat down, he read my whole screenplay, and then we sat down for about a week and, and scripted out the six-issue miniseries that's going to tell the whole story of Zombie Cage Fighter, where I came from, what my journey was, what I was fighting for, and I am very proud of it. We've got issue one done, but my team is, is really slow, because I don't do the artwork or the coloring or anything. I have to right. depend on the team for that. And so, they're incredible. They're so good, so, but they're also really slow. So... so, so, so well, I was going to say, one of the guys you were affiliated with is, didn't he do some of the artwork for the TNC uh, Surf, Town and Country Surf? Yeah. Yeah, when I, was a, when I was a kid, that was the coolest shirt you could wear. And if I was lucky enough to get one of those, a TNC Surf shirt, Steve Nazar was just the coolest. And so he actually did the artwork for my very awesome. first Cage Fighter shirt. And, and I, I tried to do everything by what my 12-year-old self would think about it, and my 12-year-old self was, was very happy to have that done. Yeah, dude, I remember rocking those shirts, dude, and playing the video games for TNC yeah. Surf with the monkey and <laughs> nice. the Elvis the, guy, the, the, the African The NES guy. game with the surfing, yeah. We oh, yeah, I've got it. I've got the, the TNC game on, I, on my retro Nintendo. Yeah, dude, that, that, that would be so awesome. Yeah, that's a game that I need to, to, to hunt down, man. I, you know, it was. Uh, I remember just just that logo from uh, TNC Surf Town and Country, uh, just holding the cartridge, man. I was like, man, you know, it, it was like, you know, back then everything was fashionable, swatch watches, TNC, you know, Quicksilver yeah. stuff like that. But TNC was like top notch. You know, a lot of times my parents couldn't afford stuff like that, but I always liked the hand me downs from my friends. <laughs> but but I, you know, I love that stuff. But but like you were talking about. Zombie, you know, just zombies in general. You know, my definition of a zombie, uh, Nate, is like you fear the nick of the tooth. So, you know, you can imagine fighting a zombie. You know, you fear the nick. You know, one nick of that tooth, and you're going to transform into a zombie, man. Uh, and, and one thing that I like, you know, you sent us uh, uh, issue one of Zombie Cage Fighter. And right out of the bat, you know, uh, you, you kind of talk, you know, kind of a spoiler for, for the first issue. But, uh, you know... I think you were maybe expecting zombies with no teeth to get started with, but they, they bring this raging zombie in there. And I, and I got to say, the artwork on that was, uh, I felt the vulgar display of power from this zombie, dude. Uh, and, and the way that they animated you punching him. And t dude, I, I, I love everything about it. It was nice. I really love it. Yeah, it was really the detail and the drawing was great. It's really good. So, and that's all, that's all my artists. I, I've been so fortunate to get these incredible artists 
I think you're referring to the what I call the issue zero that came out in 2012. Right. And now issue one, which I sent you this afternoon. I don't know if you got a chance to see it. Yeah, the yes, cover yes. of issue one is an actual oil painting by an artist named Alex Horley. And once again, I've gotten luckier than I deserve to be because I met him at San Diego Comic-Con a couple years ago. And he told me, I would like to do a cover for That's you. That's awesome. And then painted this. <clears throat> and now I'm, I'm fortunate enough. And he sold it to me at probably 10% of the value of it. So I have this painting in my house. And it's just, it's just an incredible thing when, when I saw this. Came to my eyes because I'm seeing this. This is 100% mine. This is something that came out of my head, and now to have people offering to do their work, their incredible work for this, has just been incredible for me. I'm I'm so lucky. Right, right, dude. It's uh, it's something to be proud of. Uh, one one other thing that I want to talk about is your clothing line over at uh, Zombie. It's ZombieCageFighter.com, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, the clothing line that you got, man. I want all those shirts. The, the, <laughs> everything, dude. It's, uh, the artwork on those. Uh, Ted, I don't know if you had a chance to check them out, but, but, but the bright red shirt. I mean, it's, you know, it, it, whether you're into comics or not, I, if you're into the zombie genre, I, I think these shirts are something that, that a lot of our listeners would like, comic or not, man. Uh, the details on those shirts, man, the zombie cage fighter shirts, dude. So everybody be sure to go over there and check out those shirts and the comic also. Uh, but, uh, well, and everybody can get issue zero of the comic for free by going to zombiecagefighter.com and just putting in your email address. And so I can send it to you and, and you can read it. And the shirts, too, it, it's ridiculous because I'll have these ideas for a shirt and I'll just give them to my artist and they'll bring them into reality. It's so incredible. And I, that's all I wear pretty much is my own shirts. So I, I'm, I'm pretty stoked. And it's ridiculous because... Out of all the shirts I've worn my entire life, I get more people saying, dude, I really like your shirt. Where did you get that? Every time I go out, and I, I say the same thing every time, thank you very much. That means a lot to me because this is my brand, Zombie Cage Fighter. And you can check out the shirts at zombiecagefighter.com. It's, it's really cool. They are. You know, like when somebody wears an Adidas shirt, it looks cool, or they wear a soccer shirt, it looks cool. You know, th- th- this, these logos, are I-, I think, stand out like that. You know, like... Uh... <coughs> In a good way, man. They're really, really nice. Would you go yeah, say something right a while ago, Ted? Uh, I was actually saying I'm, I'm on the uh, Zombie Cage Fighter site looking at the shirts right now. Those things are pretty tight right there. So you're in Oregon, did you say, at the beginning? Yes. Have you always been a native of Oregon? Uh, pretty much. I was born in Northern California, but came up here when I was a baby. And I always talk about moving out, but it's it's such a gorgeous area, and Oregon was the, the most moved-to state last year. We're really kind of chill here. It's like uh, Seattle is almost militant hippie, where you, you have to be <laughs> a complete liberal. And here we're yeah, just you, like, don't, you don't want any of that business. Yeah, we're, yeah. Here we're just like, yeah, we're cool. Whatever you want to do, it's all good. Yeah. Well, well you know, a, a, lot of, a lot of times us, you know, we're right now we're we're like a number one show on iTunes and stuff, so we do good in the ratings. But but we still keep a front porch conversation, conversation type chat here on ZombieCast. And I got I want to ask you something, uh, Nate. That it's kind of like a fanboys to the UFC. That that a lot of people you hear a lot of people like like when I go to work, you hear a lot of the Southerners talk about this and that and the other. But like when you're in the UFC, do do you have standards uh, like? 
Like, 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 could you just get into a fight in public, or, or is there st- yeah? Because I mean, you're 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 like a killing machine, you know, to to, to the <laughs> public. You know what I mean? But but you know, they're, they're, I always hear at work people saying, "Oh man, you know they can't hit. You know they got all this insurance policies and blah 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 blah." But but if somebody pissed you off in public, could you just lay them out? <laughs> Basically, yeah. If you punch somebody in the face, is we, that uh, like assault with a deadly weapon? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, we, we've all heard it, Ted. Right? Yeah. Well, I think a little bit of that gets hyped out, but they would definitely look at me a little, a little more strictly than your average person. Because, yeah, this is my job. This is what I do. And I, I'm, I just believe that because you hear all the time from guys that are saying, oh, I always get picked on when I'm out at bars. Guys are always starting trouble with me. It's never me. I never start anything. Oh, <laughs> <Bull>. no, it, <laughs> it always takes two. I mean, I've been in, I was in some hasty bar making an appearance a few years ago. And I think the waitress came up to me and she goes, oh, watch out. Those two guys over there are eyeing you. They, they want to start some trouble with you. Make a name here in the local town. And I went, cool. And I walked Bring right up on. to him. I just went, I went, whoa, dude, excuse me. I, I'm looking for the bathroom. You, you guys are way too big for me to mess with. I'm just going to go way on the other side of the bar and mind my own business. Dude, <laughs> you guys look badass. And I just walked away. And now those guys got what they want. They, they felt reassured. People fight in the street because they have something to prove. They, right. it, you get into an argument with somebody and they make you feel stupid. Well, now I'm going to hit you in the face repeatedly because I feel bad about myself. I don't feel bad about myself. I feel good about myself. And I have nothing to prove. So if somebody really wants to fight me, I'll tell them, dude, yeah, let's go outside. I'll meet you there. I'm just going to go wash my hands and I'll go out the back door. When I go out, I'm out to have fun. I'm yeah. out to have drinks, mm-hmm. spend some time with my girl. I have no desire to get punched in the face for free. And it can <laughs> only end badly. I mean, if I hit him and he falls down and hits his head, he could die right there. We, we see it all the time. One, one punch killer. Right. Or yeah. something, or his buddy comes up and, and shanks me from behind. And if somebody really wants to get into it, I'll, I'll go, look, buddy, so this is what you need to do. Start training at a local gym. I can give you some some addresses of a few places. Uh, you can start fighting in the, the small local shows. Do that for a few years. Then turn pro. We'll get you some fights, maybe at Gladiator Challenge, uh, King of the Cage. Fight there for a couple years. Make it up to the big show. Uh, get into the UFC. Lose a few pounds, you big fat ass, so you make it down <laughs> to my weight class. And then call me out, and we'll meet in the UFC Hopefully that'll be less than 10 years. I'll come out of retirement and we can meet there and we can do this because I have no desire to get punched for free. I have no desire to punch you for free. Uh, I, I'd rather just chill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, you know, I think that, that's a really good way to look at it. And I don't think everybody has that mindset. And I don't know. I just think that's fantastic, you know, that, that you're able to say that to them and almost make them like step back and realize wow you know maybe i'm i'm being a, a total douche for you know just even trying to do this well i oh, wanted yeah. to say you can expect a phone call from sean in 10 years <laughs> <laughs> Heck, no, man. I, i've been I'm, I'm ready let's do this i'm ready need i'm ready i'm ready i'm to go on the rocks <laughs> no, there ain't no way man yeah because yeah, I, I, you know, we watch, we watch all the pay-per-views. Me and the guys always get together. And I always think, man, it's just, you know, walk, you know I'm at, it seems like you would get worn out. I would get worn out walking 
from my locker to the ring because I would be so hyped. I would be with that energy. But, you know, Nate, they used to have Tough Man uh, here every Saturday night in Greensboro, North Carolina, where I'm at. Norma's in New Jersey and Ted is in Los Angeles. But uh, here in Greensboro, we used to – they'd have the Tough Man contest, and it was three one-minute rounds. And yep. most of those guys couldn't yeah. lift their arms after the first round because they were so burnout <laughs> and uh, and worn out. I mean, so I don't see how you guys go so long, man. And they would have usually at least a two-minute rest in between rounds. Yeah, so yeah. they fight for one minute at a time with a two-minute <laughs> rest where I fought one time, and this is no joke, my first round was 22 minutes straight. And then I came wow. back out for a five-minute overtime. The, it was such a, a, a janky organization that it was supposed to be a 15-minute first round. Like, that's not long enough. The timekeeper bumped the clock, and we oh, fought okay. for another seven minutes. So 22-minute first round. And I was fighting a guy by the name of Mike Whitehead, who was at the time, I think, the number three uh, freestyle or Greco-Roman wrestler in the country. Wow. We just we had a war. I separated three of his ribs, uh, popped his arm. I actually knocked him <laughs> unconscious during the fight. Didn't realize it because I was yelling at the referee. He was the, My opponent, Mike, was trying to crawl out of the ring. I knocked him unconscious, grabbed him, pulled him back into the ring. The referee yelled at me for grabbing onto the ropes to pull him into the ring. I yelled back at the referee to do his job, turned around, hit Mike. He woke up, and we kept on fighting. <laughs> right. It, it, was, it was a different time. Right. Uh, you know, I, I got to ask you a question, and I'm kind of videotaping your thing. I got a buddy named Chris Brundage. Uh, he just messaged me, the guy that I watched the UFC with, and he wanted to know, he could not remember what weight class you were in and what was the two top fights that you ever had that you absolutely, that, that is like, like your, your dream fights against two. Well, my weight class was middleweight. So middleweight. Five pounds. So I'd walk around at about 205, 210, cut down to 185, and then fight time I'd be back up to 200, 205, something like that. But my two favorite fights, the I'll start with number two. Well, well, they're different. There's my my most favorite fight, and then there's my most meaningful fight. My most favorite fight was against Tim Crater. Tim and Crater. I had I had strained my left femoral nerve in my left leg. So I could barely stand. I could barely put any weight on my left leg. And as usual, he was, I think, four inches taller than me, six-inch reach advantage. And my whole game plan was I was just going to move in and out and be really light on my feet. Well, I could barely walk. I could barely stand. So in the first round, he clips me, knocks me down, takes my back, locks in this rear naked choke. And I just remember going, good God, I do not want to lose to another (laughs) rear naked choke. And I fought my way out, got out. End of the first round, I'm walking back to my corner just thinking, dude, that did not go the way I wanted to at all. Second round comes out, and he is just lighting me up. He, my head looks like a speed bag. He hit <laughs> me with something like 15 unanswered punches. But right. he made the mistake of standing right in front of me when he did. And I landed a big right hand and dropped him. And he popped back up, and we were slugging it out, and I dropped him again. Right. And Third round started the same way. He's lighting me up 10, 15 unanswered punches, and I drop him again. I dropped him five times in that fight. And I realized then I could not break his heart. I had to physically break him. There was no quit in him whatsoever. I broke his jaw. He swelled up my eye, my left eye so bad I could barely see. I could barely stand before or even worse after the fight. But it was such a huge honor 
to, to put on a display like that. And I don't know if Tim feels the same way. I feel like we'll have a connection until the day we die. Right. If right. we expose to each other every ounce of who we are, we showed our heart, our ability, everything that we had. And then the most meaningful fight for me was when I fought uh, Pete Sell in my, my comeback fight. It was our rematch. Pete who? Pete Sell. Pete Sell. And there's, there's a clip of it on YouTube, actually. And it, it was YouTube. a brutal war. Same again. We, Tim and I, Tim Crater and I won fight of the night. Uh, Pete Sell and I won fight of the night honors as well. And he beat the hell out of me for two rounds. Knocked me down in the second round, and I knocked him out in the third. And it was such a huge fight because I had my, my fight before that, I'd, I'd lost to Rich Franklin, was brutally knocked out, had a 22-month layoff because I had a spinal fusion back surgery. So I had this major surgery, which no one thought was possible. You could have a spinal fusion surgery and then return to normal life, let alone fighting in the cage. So 15 months after my surgery, here I am fighting live on Spike TV in a rematch against Pete Sell, who was angry, who was strong, who was fast. Knocks me down in the second, and I just remember thinking, it can't end like this. Because I showed up with all the money I had in the world in my pocket. I was fighting for food money for myself and for my little girl. Mm-hmm. And to win that fight and to set myself back fighting in the UFC and, and representing people that were suffering from back surgery, going through a custody battle for my daughter, leaving Team Quest, moving on to, to other things. It was just such an incredible night, and it was it was something that my daughter and I were looking at a book one time, a UFC book that had, I think it like an eight page spread of that fight and me just getting the crap kicked out of me. Right. And she looks at me and goes, daddy, you look so funny when you get punched in the face. <laughs> I, said, I said, I know, I know I do. I, I understand what you're saying, but I want you to understand this day is the most important day in our lives. Yeah. yeah. That made everything after that possible. We were able to move out of the hood. I was able to get her out of a bad school get her away from uh, her mother's care, get her into my house, get her into a, into the best school district in the state, move into a good neighborhood. It was the mo- most important day for us. Right. Uh, sorry, man. All the fight guys are sending me questions, man, and I, and I, and I have a couple more for you. It says, uh, what does he think about it now? Did they sell out? Uh, uh, have to uh, – wait, it says, uh, what does he think about it now? Did they sell out? Have they had too many fight nights? He said, was it better or worse back then in the UFC? And then he also said, and you can just answer what you want. He says, uh, did they let big names get away with more shit? Of course, asking about McGregor. <laughs> whatever, whatever that means. Whatever that means, yeah. <laughs> I get it. I know what he's talking about. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> I think the UFC, and, and it's really Zufa is the problem. UFC is, is a corporation. It's a, a business that, that has the biggest MMA organization in the world. But it's run by Zufa, which is Dana White, the Fertitta brothers, and then I, I believe it's a silent partner who's a sheik of Abu Dhabi that owns 10% of the UFC. Yes, and you can see by the way that they've manipulated the sport with, with Conor McGregor by paying him off the, off the books, giving him bonuses so he can put together the best fight camps, giving him the best fights, giving him sponsorship opportunities that other guys don't get. Uh, we've seen recently... You look at someone like John Jones who tested positive for cocaine two weeks or three weeks before a big title fight yeah. that they actually apologized for testing him for cocaine. <laughs> like, oh, sorry, buddy, we didn't mean to catch you with this illegal drug in your system. Our bad. Or the one that recently came out was Vitor Belford 
tested positive for steroids for testosterone just a few weeks before his fight with John Jones. Not only did they ignore that, they accidentally sent those test results out to all the MMA media, all this, this inside group of, of, of people, and then threatened them. Said, uh, sorry, that was an accident. We didn't mean to send you the, the drug test results of, of Vitor Belford. If you make this public, we will do our best to smash you and your business. And then they let Vitor Belford fight John Jones without even telling John Jones that Vitor was, was on testosterone, was, was on steroids before the fight. Then you have someone like Kung Lee who they botch a drug test, have it go to a ridiculous thing, test him for HGH in a completely backwards way. It's basically his test meant nothing. And they took that test and said, we're going to make an example out of him. He's suspended for a year. And then when it comes out that the test was completely false, that Kung Lee was innocent, they don't come out with a big apology. Dana White calls Kung Lee and tells him, we know you're on steroids, just come out and admit it. We'll take care of you, don't worry about it. It's, it's insane the things that they're doing. They're taking it away from a, a sport, which it should just be. Let the cream rise to the top. Let the best fighters fight. And now they've watered down the product so much. It used to be you knew everybody on the card. Now you're lucky if you know the co-main event because they're, they go through the fighters so quickly. They don't care, and they pay so little that at the end of these guys' career, they're left broken, broken. And that's why I'm fighting for these fighters' rights. Myself, Kung Lee, John Fitch, Kyle Kingsbury, Vandalay Silva, Ryan Jim, all, all of us, we've come together and we're saying this is wrong. They've monopolized the sport. These fighters need rights. And if no one else is going to stand up for them, if they're not willing to give us those rights, then we'll do it in the court of law. And we just won big last week because Zufa was trying to get our court case thrown out and the judge said, no, there's merit here. We need to see this. So that, that's huge for us. Right, right. Dude, my friends are listening live and they're raving over this. That uh, that that that's your answer in their questions. That's so awesome. <clears throat> well, make sure that that they go to Zombie K trying to get the comic too. Yes, yes, I, I definitely will. You know, because you know th- these are these are like my boys. You know, we drink pints together, good pints, and and hang out on the porch. You know, we raise our kids together, live in the same community, build tree houses, just have fun together. But but USC is kind of our man time. You will go to the local bar, the sponsoring, and, and you know and. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, do we always love it? Norma, you had a question. You was reading his Wiki page. Yeah, I mean, you know, Wiki's not always uh, has truth to it, but I did see a little something that really caught my eye that says that you were featured as a guest zombie on Left 4 Dead 2. Is this true? That is very true. So if you've played Left 4 Dead 2, you've probably shot me in the face a thousand times. <laughs> That's awesome. Is there a particular zombie that you were featured as, or I am? I'm just one of the the random attacking ones. So in the in the horde, and you yeah. can see it. I'm I'm bald, but you can see my nose is smushed and crooked. My ears kind of messed up. My buddy Ken Birdwell, one of the owners of Valve Software, who put out Left for Dead, <clears throat> when the UFC came out with their original UFC so video, awesome. they told me I was going to be in it. They had me get all of my sponsors to sign releases so my sponsors would be in the video game. When the game came out, they kicked me out of the game and kept my sponsors. And so my buddy Ken at Valve thought that was so ridiculous and offensive mm-hmm. that he said, I'll put you in a game. So he put me in Left 4 Dead 2. As, and, and then I got into the second UFC game, but they kicked out my sponsors. So they made it so I didn't get paid either way. Oh, for gosh. This. <clears throat> 
That's pretty crazy because Left 4 Dead is definitely one of my favorite games, and I've played the oh, first awesome. and second one. So that 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 is pretty awesome. I can be like, hey, I talked to one of the zombies on there. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. We yep. need to ask him what his uh, definition of a zombie is. Yeah, it's yeah, it's very important. Yeah, and it, one of our signature things that we ask uh, guests, and I should have done it first off, but as uh, you know, everybody always gives their definition of a zombie, Nate. And, like, you know, it, it could be the, the George Romero zombie, you know, The Walking Dead. It could be Scooby-Doo. It could be Indiana Jones-type zombies, uh, the Haitian zombies. But whenever you go to a theater, man, and, and you're, you, you're, you want to see a zombie film, you know, some people like 28 Days Later, some people don't like it. Some people like the runners, the slowers. But what's the definition of a zombie to you? What, what's, a, what's a zombie to you? To me, a zombie in, in the zombie cage-fighting world... <clears throat> It's it's very similar to The Walking Dead, and I I was reading The Walking Dead comic from day one, and so I loved it. And then one of my motivations or one of my inspirations when I was writing Zombie Cage Fighter was The Road by McCormick, McCormick McCarthy. They they made it into a movie, but The Road was just incredible about about how people are going to react in a post nuclear situation or something like that when all hope is lost. So as I was writing that, it just seemed like that was kind of the personality of the world. As we go from from where we are now to the eventual zombie apocalypse, how people are going to react. <clears throat> so these zombies, I view them in, in just what I consider the most realistic way. As right. one gets turned, they start out really strong and fresh. And so right. in the zombie cage fighting world, you get a family that gets turned, the hazmat team comes in, they, they wrap up the zombies, put some bags over their heads. And then every once in a while, a couple of those zombies just won't make it to the processing center. They'll swing by the, the local evolution, next evolution gym or to meet the uh, promoter, CJ Ernster. And CJ is always down to buy a couple of the fresh zombies for the shows. And maybe even a few rotten ones in case he has a, a show that he wants to put on, put somebody in against a, an easier opponent. Right. But so he'll grab these zombies, he'll lock them up, and he'll feed them. And it's... <laughs> it, they, their stomach really doesn't process the food, but it will absorb a little of the nutrients. And we know, obviously, because zombies can still walk around, they can still grab things, they can still eat, that their brains are still functioning, even though it's on a very uh, basic level. So you have these zombies that still have a little bit of the memory of who they were. Perhaps they were a wrestler or a fighter in the, the formal world. They may shoot a takedown. It, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be sluggish. Or maybe they've been fed a little bit before the fight, and then a day or two before the fight, they get starved. So now they're ravenous, and yet they're still healthy. <clears throat> or maybe they're way past their expiration date. Uh, one of the fights in, in Zombie Cage Fighter, you got this, this kid, Richie Rich, who wants to come in, and he, he wants to be the big bad zombie cage fighter, so he buys himself a fight. So they bring him in... Uh, a zombie wow. who's way past the expiration date. They tie one of his arms down. They stick a ball gag in his mouth so he can get out there and put on a show and be the big, bad zombie cage fighter. But that's not going to work for a fighter like myself, so they're going to make, make me fight against guys that are a little bit more ravenous, a little bit more dangerous, and then that's how I make my money. And when it comes down to it, if that's what I have to do to feed my little girl is to face off against maybe even a, a, a former football player in the cage who's going to be big and strong and starving. If that's what I have to do, so be it. Dude, man, I love your passion, man. 
<laughs> I do. It's uh, you know, you seem like such a family guy. You know, like me, you know, I'm a I'm a father of three. You know, and, and it's all about my kids and making them happy and living life good, dude. And dude, you should be a motivational speaker, man. Well, yeah. I've done a few. I did a, a TEDx talk, and I I travel around quite a bit for the company that did my back surgery. I'm their spokesman now, so I get to to travel around and talk about my what I've been through with my surgery. And the surgery I had was called an X-Lift, Extreme Lateral Inner Body Fusion. The company I work with is Nuvasive. But I always make it very clear that I'm not a salesman. I'm not trying to convince anyone to get back surgery. What I'm really offering is just hope. And, and when yeah. I talk to them, they're in so much pain, and they have no hope. And all they've ever heard is these horror stories of back surgery, and I can tell them, look me up. You can see I fought six times in the UFC after my spinal fusion back surgery. So for me having the ability to, to deliver this hope, give them just a glimmer. And like you said, being a family man, my daughter, it has been my motivation. And that's what zombie cage fighter is about. You could take out the zombies. You could take out the cage fighting. Now it's just the father who has watched every dream of his die and just knows whatever I do, I need to make sure my little girl doesn't have a life like mine. Right, right. It's been my journey. That's why... That's what fighting has given us. And I tell my little girl, I get hit in the face so you don't have to. You will never have to fight for food money. You'll never have to worry about these things. You're going to go to school. You're going to get the education I was never afforded. You're going to have the life I never had. And in Zombie Cage Fighter, looking back at every, every opportunity, every dream I ever had died horribly. And now I've got one last opportunity. If I'm willing to put my life on the line, step into the cage against a ravenous zombie, if that means my little girl will have the life that she deserves, I'm willing to do it. Dude, that's pretty awesome. You know that what? Is. Yeah, I was sitting here thinking. You know, I, I was in Hot Topic the other day trying to find. Man, I, yeah, I was like <clears throat> trying to find a shirt I want. This that, and the other man, I, I, dude. I apologize, man. I, I should have all the Zombie Cage Fighter shirts now. Yeah, you know what? It, it's going to be on my center list for sure. So, free my mommy. We'll be ordering some shirts for you. You know, I, I want to ask for your permission here live on the air, dude. I, I want to put a link on zombiecast.net for Zombie Cage Fighter also, man. I, I love everything that you do, your passion. I mean, you're a well-rounded guy, man. And, and anything that ZombieCast can ever do for you, Nate, dude, dude let us know, man. And we will push anything uh, as friends, man. It's, uh, this well, is awesome, man. Please, please do put up a link. And, and everyone that's listening right now for the next for the next couple of days, everybody that goes goes to the website that's listening to this and orders a shirt on Zombie Cage Fighter, I will throw in an issue zero of the comic that I launched, that, that the first issue of Zombie Cage Fighter, and I will sign it, sign the cover of it as well. So you'll get a free copy of, of the first issue of Zombie Cage Fighter signed by me just for listening to this podcast. That's awesome. Dude, that is, that is super that's awesome. awesome. So I, I, I got to get Freeman Mommy on the send a list like right now. <laughs> <laughs> Freeman Mommy. Yeah, yeah. But, Nate, dude, it's, it's an honor talking to you, dude. I want to thank yeah. you for your time, man. And, and like I said, anything ZombieCast can ever do for you, let us know. You know, we are the official radio show of the Zombie Research Society. So, you know, I'm going to talk to those guys, and, and you may be getting a phone call or an email from them. Yeah, we need to get a story up over there, you know, because they got half a million following over there and members uh, to push you over there. But uh, but we are the official show there. And then, yeah, we're kind of a co-partner with Eli Roth and the Crypt, dude. So we're going to try to get some stuff up over there. To push everything for you, man. It's uh, it's beautiful what you're doing, man. Oh, thanks, man. And I like uh, not this past weekend, the weekend before, I was at the Rose City Comic Con. So here in Portland, we have this great comic book convention, 
and it is just one of my favorite things to do. I am, I'm not kidding. And when I say I'm an old school nerd, I am an old school nerd. <laughs> my retirement fund is comic books. Okay, <clears throat> so the worst part about being having a booth at at Comic Con <laughs> is that I'm stuck at my booth, yeah. and it's it's awesome because I get to talk to people and sell shirts and sell comics and people that are so excited whether it's a returning customer or somebody that just comes up and says what is Zombie Cage Fighter? It is so cool. But I love walking around the con, seeing the people in costume. My goal, really, <clears throat> what I need to be focusing on is doing more shows around the country. Because it is so cool to be able to go and, and meet, even meet the celebrities. Because I'm, I'm geeking out. I went out to dinner with Michael Jai White, who was a Black Dynamite, who was, played Spawn in the movie Spawn. Yeah. Uh, met, uh, her name is Marilyn. She was on Clerks. She was, her, her Twitter <laughs> handle is That Clerks Girl. Right. She's the 57 Dicks Girl. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with her. Snowball. <laughs> Michael J. White is one of the most badass human beings, I think, on the planet. We watch oh. his movies, all his Netflix movies, uh, kind of regularly, and it's just like when he 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 is so manly when he walks on screen. Like my TV starts growing facial hair. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, I, I, he's about one of the last people I'd want to fight. Yeah. And it's it's just such a blast to, to go to the cons and and uh, like this the one we did in Portland. The show was so cool, and to see that the people walking around in costumes, it's. It's like what I've known is, is underground cool for so long is finally the rest of the world is catching up with it. Because everybody wants to have that day where they feel special, they feel excited, when they feel like a child. And <clears throat> I get accused all, not so much anymore, but especially when I was fighting, that I was very stoic and didn't smile very much. Well, yeah, because I was getting punched in the face for a living and that was on my mind a lot. But if you want to see me act like a little kid, take me to a Comic-Con because I just love it. I just... I freak out, and I will stand and stare at Silver Age comics for half an hour. Just stare at the covers, because I, I think the artwork is so beautiful, and I just love everything about the pop culture genre. And especially, what a, what a great time to be alive. When you can have a podcast just about zombies, where you can just sit around and talk for hours about this stuff, yeah. this didn't exist. When I was a kid, we had four channels that we could watch, and yeah, yeah. I remember sitting and watching Lawrence Welk on PBS, a horrific classical music musician. It was just terrible, but there was nothing else on TV. And now kids will never know having to wake up at 6 a.m. on Saturday morning to watch the Smurfs. Right? Oh, I miss it's an amazing things. time to be alive now. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, I've got three kids, and, and, and they all come up to me. It, it, you, it's kind of hard to have that father-son. You know, I, I guess I'm going to have to save it. You know, having the beer with the kids is the cherished thing that I'm going to have. But, you know, you, you, you can't knowledge your kids anymore because youtube's out there you know my kids will come up and they'll be like dad you know do you know how a plane flies do you know how this and that you know do you know how to you know all this you know i mean they're so educated just from youtube alone it's uh it's, it's they're a lot smarter than the kids are a lot smarter than us now nate <laughs> oh yeah it's ridiculous I, <laughs> yeah. my girl is a sophomore in high school now and it's just insane we were actually just having a discussion earlier today about religion and because I, they always say don't talk religion and politics. Those are my two favorite subjects because I like to talk about things that, that matter and get people excited. So it's funny. I'm, I'm either I want to talk about religion, politics, or comic books more than just about anything. I'll talk about fighting if I have to, and I am excited about fighting too. But in actually what was the fights this weekend, Roy, uh, Roy Nelson and Josh Barnett, <clears throat> what an incredible fight. And I was so excited, and I love that. But I was just as excited to watch Daredevil on Netflix. 
because that show was amazing. See, everybody tells me I need to watch that. Ted, Norman, you watched it, right? Say that again, sorry. Daredevil. He was talking about how awesome Daredevil. Oh, I, you know, I actually haven't had a chance to watch it. I haven't seen it. I, I saw the Ben Affleck movie. I've seen the Ben Affleck movie. No, oh. Daredevil actually is pretty fantastic. It and was good. Um, Jennifer Garner was great in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's definitely it's a good thing that it's on Netflix because I could not. Uh, stop binge watching it was to the point where i had to just tell myself to stop and go to sleep but the the netflix option is pretty fantastic uh-huh. yeah yeah so i need to check it out you know i, I pay for netflix but a lot of times i'm like i, I forget about it but th- that you know that's one of the things that i need to watch my wife's been watching some bbc show lately so i, I gotta get her off of that and watch some <laughs> watch some daredevil but, Nate, dude, we want to thank you for your time, man. And like I said, send anything that we can promote. Uh, you got some new stuff coming out. Anything, man. It, even if you're doing uh, signings or, or, or comic conventions anywhere, let us know, Absolutely. man. And we will promote that to send all the zombies. They listen to us, man, out, out to, uh, to get those shirts and stuff and meet you in person. Oh, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, dude. But, uh, but we'll let you go, man. And, and, dude, thank you so much for your time, Nate. The, oh, you still go by The Rock? Do I still go by The Rock? Yeah. Uh, I've never been a The Rock. I've always just been Rock. Rock. Nate Rock. So when I, I met Dwayne The Rock Johnson, I told him, I will never usurp the The. <laughs> <laughs> rock. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and, and, and I'll tell you what, if you're ever in the Los Angeles area, our very own Ted is in Los Angeles, man. You guys mm-hmm. have to get up for a drink. and. Uh... I, I like to come out to a bar and uh, tell the waitress that I think I could take you out. <laughs> I've never heard that. You and I get a, and, a, and then I'll, then uh, I'll meet you in ten years, pal. We'll throw it on. Yeah, but uh, be sure to go right to your daughter, man, and tell her that uh, you know she's lucky to have a father like you, man. You inspire. Oh, I that today. You inspire us all, man. And uh, thank you, Nate, for your time, man. And ZRS Zombie Research Society. I, I just talked to those guys via text, and they will be contacting you soon to do a story over there for the awesome. Zombie Research Society. Was George Romero. Uh, Matt Moe from AMC's The Talking Dead. All, you know, all those guys run that over there. So we, we need to get a, oh. a story up here soon. Oh, that's cool. Awesome. Uh, thank you. All right. Well, thank you for your time, dude. And we're going to have you. you on again soon, man. J- cool. j- just to hang out and talk. Awesome. I'm all for it, man. I love it. Awesome. All right, thanks man. For See on. you, buddy. Appreciate cool. It. Thanks, buddy. All right. Good night. Good night. Dude. He's a nice guy. He's yes, a he nice guy, man. You know, he's uh, you know, whenever we had him on the first time, we done a five hour marathon here on All Games, and it was not recorded. And you know, Michael Jagers came on and talked a little bit of The Walking Dead, and then it was kind of rumored that he was coming on. We wasn't sure, but but none of that was recorded, so it was just for the live listeners. You know, I think that was yeah, you know, we we had a ton of listeners in, but it was called Season Three Day, and actually, uh, Evolution of the Apocalypse was on that show. Michael Caldwell. Uh, was on that show, and then Torres versus Zombies joined up with Zombie Cast, but that was back on the the gritty, ugly host. That, that really that was pre Zombie Cast. That was the, the old show that, that doesn't exist anymore. But uh, Nate Quarry, man, is a really nice guy. So everybody get a Zombie Cage Fighter and get those shirts. Man, those shirts are tight. Get the comic, yeah, for they sure. But nice. uh, you know that's a pretty good deal. You know that he'll that him. He's a rock star himself, but he'll personally autograph uh, that that episode one. Uh, free and send it with the shirt over there. So I'm going to get on that and order me a shirt. But those shirts are tight, man. They're like the reds and stuff like that, or uh, they really stand out. But uh, awesome, awesome interview. So uh, I'm going to save this recording, and uh, we'll be right back. 
All right, zombies, we're back. Man, what an awesome interview. I want to thank, once again, Nate Rock Corey for coming on. And, uh, you know, Zombie Cage Fighter, be sure to go over there and check out those shirts. Get that free uh, issue one of the comic, personally signed by Nate Corey himself, UFC champion fighter, man. He, he, I was sitting here looking up. Dude, he's, he's fought some big dudes. And, uh, you know, to be the main event of the UFC, you know, I should, we should ask him about Joe Rogan. Because, you know, Joe Rogan's always hosted those, and uh, I'm sure he's he's got ties with him. Uh, also, another podcaster, Joe Rogan. But guys, let's get into some Fear the Walking Dead. You know, this is episode five. And, and you know, next week we are off on Monday. I've got a wedding for a beautiful family and fan of ZombieCast next week. So i got a DJ uh, locally at a castle here. So we won't be doing a show. But, you know, I was thinking maybe me, Ted, and Norma can get up maybe Tuesday. Do a 30, 40-minute show on the season finale sure. for Fear the Walking Dead to, to keep us up in the ratings. You know, I'd hate to not put a show out and just drop. So, uh, so Ted, you know, me, you, and Norma can get up sometime off-air next week and, and do a finale episode. And then the week after that, uh, we got uh, Zombie Apocalypse Vodka Distillery coming on to talk about their Zombie Apocalypse Vodka. Or Actually, that's two weeks away. And then we've got uh, Simple Celluloid, uh, Chris yes, and Miranda stopping in uh, in mm-hmm. two weeks also. Also, so uh, that's going to be pretty awesome. So Cowboy Chris walking. should have been to. Hopefully, he'll have been to been to Panic Mountain by then. He can give us. He can give us his report. Dude, you know, I, <laughs> I saw a picture that Chris posted the other day, and he was holding a mini bottle of liquor. Did you see this picture, Ted? I've seen many pictures of him holding bottles of liquor. <laughs> but I gotta say, he's 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 he, he's bigger than Derek, right? No, he's not. He's not that tall. He's uh, I think I'm taller than he is. Well, you're t- yeah, Ted. You're six six. Norman, yeah. does Ted does Ted look tall in his picture? He does look tall. Ted, look Ted tall, is but really I, I tall. Thought you were like six six one or something. Today. I'm, I'm six. Uh, when I when I wear my my leather shoes, I'm over six that's, two. That's when I wear my my platformers. <laughs> there's a, there's a picture <laughs> of me with Sean. Velvety pants. Well, there's a picture of me with Sean and Matt and all them at a Walker Stalker, and I am kind of I look like a giant. But it's not that I'm a giant; it's that they're all midgets. They're all little. <laughs> I'd rather be short and thick. <laughs> what, whatever that means. Whatever that means. Where did Ted go? Watch your pockets. <laughs> did Ted leave? I, I, I have received I have he received confirmation us. from uh, Cowboy Chris that he will be going to Panic Mountain on the ninth. Nice. So he is going to come. Good. Nice. I was talking to him about it. Awesome, yes, awesome. Yes. It's filling up, guys. Only a couple of spots left. We got uh, uh, we got someone flying in that listens to ZombieCast to the Panic Mountain event. Then uh, we got an email <clears throat> right before the show, uh, a, a VGO fan and a fan of all of our shows uh, that's going to be uh, doing it. So really, there's only a couple of spots left. We got Team Chuck about Mosh Pit. Uh, I know he's got three teams uh, that, that he's – going to be booking uh plus him so, so guys get in on that in the los angeles area you're more than welcome to fly in but uh you know it, if you don't want to fly in uh if you're just local let us know and you know if you need a partner ted will go ted will go 15 times if he has to <laughs> i should go i should go every time i'll be your partner uh 18 times i will go whatever how many tickets how many nights do we have uh we have 14 trips 28 people well, if you want to, if you want to see me, uh, Friday night is opening night. I will be there, and there's a pair of tickets available for Friday, I believe. So, if you would like to, if you would like to, maybe run into me at a Panic Mountain Go Friday. 
Was that to the ladies out there, Ted? That's to, that's to if Norma and Ed, Ed Sanchez's sister would like to uh, run into me at Panic Mountain. There you go. Go Friday. Yeah. So Friday. so so what did what did Ed, you were hanging out? Ed Sanchez, which made the Blair Witch Project, a ton of movies, uh, is your best friend's brother, right? Wait a minute. Repeat that again. My so, brain so, so your best friend is, My best is, friend Ed is Ed Sanchez's sister. Ed's exactly. sister. And she, yeah. she, she lost some Freeman, right? She does, you know, actually, you know, because we were chit-chatting because she came with me to Walker Soccer on Saturday, Sunday. And she's like, man, Sean is really good. He's always so excited. He's so hype. He knows just how to market you guys. You guys are awesome. And, you know, he is just really, really great on the show. And she was giving you lots of love, oh, Sean. Thank you. Thank you, Sanchez. Thank <laughs> you, Sanchez. My little Sandra. <laughs> yeah. Sandra Sanchez. It is. And, I'm, you know, I'm friends with her on Facebook. And, uh, you know, she likes a lot of our zombie cast stuff. So I want to thank Miss Sanchez for that. Thank you, love. Yes. She said that we're – she's – uh, our stalkers. So if you see somebody stalking oh. you, Sandra says she's been stalking us. <laughs> see, if I, if, Ed, now, now, come on, Ted. If we went to Walker Soccer Con and your brother's Ed Sanchez, you you, you would talk your way through some lines, right? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'd you be like, realize who the fuck you're talking I'd to? Like, do you know who you're <laughs> fucking talking to? Man, somebody like bumped her and said, "Do you know who you just bumped?" I'm just kidding. I am the brother of the guy that made the Blair Witch Project. The movie was a revolution. Okay? So there. So there. It's funny because when we, um, when I did the little show with uh, Michael Codwell, he's like, so tell our listeners who you were walking around with today. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh. It's, you know, it's just Ed. He's my friend. You know, I grew up. You you know borrowing his video camera when he wasn't around you know Ed, to me it's just, but as yeah Ed, I know why you were borrowing you know video now we've had a <laughs> we, we've had a lot of competition with Star Wars collectivity in the Zombie <gasps> Cast private secrecy chat and Mr. Sanchez looking up this Sandra Sanchez by the way hey Sandra you know would you like to get lost in the woods sometimes you know what I mean <laughs> yeah you gotta do it like like Star the, like the Clarice voice Clarice Sandra Sandra would you like to get lost in the woods yeah. But, uh, I'll make you. I'll make you stand in the corner if you know what I mean. Not only that, you know, Norma's been over to their houses, and Ed has a documentary. There's a documentary about Star Wars collectors on Netflix, and Ed has the world's largest, world's Jedi largest Jedi. Star Wars collection. You know, and since which he's been on Zombiecast a couple entry, times. Uh, his his collection has gotten much bigger. In fact. Um, his wife uh, put on Facebook, uh, Stephanie, the other day. You know how you know you're watching Sesame Street and the little songs like one of these does not belong with the others. <laughs> she's got a a picture from the top of her stairs, and she says, "Which table do you think does not, or which carpet do you think does not belong here?" And there's this uh, <laughs> Death Star carpet right next to like a really fancy <laughs> carpet in their living room. <laughs> That is awesome. So, like, his basement is so, like, jam-packed with awesome Star Wars stuff that it's starting to slowly creep upstairs. And I don't think Stephanie is too much of a fan of that. (laughs) And you know what? A lot of stuff I post, Ed Sanchez, me and him are friends on Facebook. He likes a lot of the stuff that I post also. I want to be friends with Ed Sanchez. Send him a friend request. I'm the guy guy that blacked out during your interview. (laughs) Did 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 you explain that to him? 
I did. I did. Uh, he's like, oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> he's got a, his Facebook picture now. He, he's got a big beard, like a Sasquatch beard now. You know, I asked then, Sandra about that. And I he, said, he, he tilted his head back to where all you see is his neck and the bottom of his beard. <laughs> but he kind of looks like, what's his name, Beaker beep, 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 on, on the Muppets. Yes. Well, I asked Sandra, because we were talking about it on Sunday, and I said, okay, so tell me a little bit about Ed's beard. What is there a story behind it? She's like, well, when he was filming from Dust Till Dawn, uh, season two, I believe, because uh, he directed a couple of the episodes, again, he's like, he just didn't want to shave it. Like, it was just too much work. And now that it got so big and so long, he's like, you know what? It's too much to shave now. I'm just going to keep it. So he's like growing it bigger and bigger and bigger. So he looks more and more like Grandpa Moses every day. <laughs> it's like... A- <laughs> Norma, me and Eduardo Sanchez have 16 mutual friends. Oh, is that so? One of them is me. One of them is me, Ted. I wonder how many mutual friends you have. Maybe I might be better friends with Eduardo than you I are. have Let's to see. look it up. I'm going to go look this up now while we chat. Did, did you see his uh, pictures? He still got the beard on there. There's something going on with my internets today. Like my Wi-Fi is not working and Eduardo's picture ain't coming up. Kind Wait, cool. he has he has a Time Magazine thing on there now. Oh, it used to be like his neck bit with back. a picture of Bernie Sanders unfriended. <laughs> like, I'm, unfriended. Revoking, I'm revoking my friend request. Bernie Sanders was just here at the uh, North Carolina Folk Festival in Greensboro. Oh, I see that beard. Good lord! But but do you see where where his head's tilted back? It's really spooky uh, looking. Looks like his head's chopped off. You have Ted. Say what? How many mutual friends? How many do you have? You tell me first. No, you tell me first. <laughs> he said 3,200. 3, I said 87. No, you didn't. You did not. 16. We have. I have 17 mutual friends. Fuck, fuck off. <laughs> Somebody that's a friend of mine, two yes. people that are friends of mine friend him so we can. Uh... No, no. You got to friend him first for my friend page. I just told Norma to F you off. That's a little extreme. Sorry. It's okay. I don't care. You know what? Um, but I've been to his house several times, and you have not. So there. <laughs> you don't know that. And I've gone to bar- barbecues and whatever. Well, I was. Uh, I'm hanging so, out with my buddy Daniel Myrick. Remember him? Fine. Who's Daniel Myrick? No, I don't remember him. You don't remember Daniel Myrick? No. He's the guy that made the Blair Witch Project with Edward Sanchez. Oh. <laughs> Is that his friend's name? I can never remember his. Yeah, friend. remember there were there were two guys that made. Yeah, that it was movie. Ed and his friend. I just can never remember it because they both um, what was it? They uh, I can't remember if they met in high school or if they met in Montgomery College. I remember they were on the Daily Show. I do remember that. So, so there. Yeah. If hey. I did it and. What is it? Wait a minute. Subsy says, if I did it, Normie and Ted would both get credit. See, there you go. Go ahead, Subsy. Do it anyways. That's so, like that's oh, canceling your vote out. Don't, that's like voting for two people on American <laughs> Idol. You just canceled it out. But you can't do that. <laughs> you know, I, I was thinking the, the first time that we, that we had Nate on the show was uh, it was a live broadcast. And, and it was untaped because it was five hours long. And I remember him talking about, uh, God, what was the celebrity we were talking about? I don't know. I have no idea. Steven Seagal. He got well, tonight. He got furious about that mess. Oh yeah. Yeah, dude, and he was like, "Bring it on, Steven Seagal on the Zombie Cast." But like I said, it wasn't taped. It was a five-hour marathon for season three day, 
with uh, Torres versus Zombies and uh, Mike Caldwell and Evolution of the Apocalypse. But I remember he got all into some uh, Steven Seagal talking, using the P word. And it, it was a pretty touchy situation uh, back then. But well, Steven Seagal died, right? No, he didn't no, die. No, <laughs> I think he's still around, right? Yeah, he's alive. Wait, I think that was one of them. Oops, I got you on Facebook was... the other day. I saw. <laughs> guess what? Guess By what, Norma? Way. Way. My, phone, my phone just lit up, Norma. Eduardo Sanchez has accepted your friend oh. request. <laughs> what do you think about that? I was friends with him longer, so there. Nobody cares! <laughs> Tell Nobody him. asked you. I know him. I'm sure we can find pictures of Ed and I like together like years, years ago. All right, message him, Ted, right now. Norma's got the lice. Got the lice. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna message him and say uh, Norma Latte uh, has come down with lice. Oh lice. no! <laughs> Stan says Normie, Sean, and Matt are my friends. I'm good with that. That's uh, awesome. Stan. So guys, let's get into Fear of the Walking Dead. Uh, I just messaged him. Norma has come down with lice. Lice everywhere. We'll see. If you're <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna be trolling me on Ed's page. He's gonna, He's gonna be like, "That's where the lights come from in like, my beard." It's like so. <laughs> okay, so just a quick note, and I always tell Sandra this, and she laughs. Ed, if you're listening, please don't get mad. But I am a big fan of like Foster's imaginary home of, or Foster's home of imaginary friends. Have you ever seen that show? And there's one character, and his name is Tilt. Because he's just really tall and he's got the long legs. But for the longest time in my brain, I would just call Ed Tilt. Because the man is so tall. But anyways, that's just a side note. Really not that funny. <laughs> I wrote, she, uh, Norma needs you to recommend a good anti-lice shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> he, has not seen my, my, he has not seen my messages yet. But I'll keep you posted if that happens. All right. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> So guys, let's get into Fear of the Walking Dead. Guys, I, I'm, I'm going to say this, all right? I'm a fan. I need 50 more of these. But I agree with what a lot of a lot of the stuff that I'm hearing. I agree with you, Ted. I agree with Good. the haters. But Good. I like it. I like it. I don't not like it. I love I the can't, show. I can't. I cannot uh, articulate what I think of it. I really can't. I don't. I don't even know what I think of it. So Norm was um, hanging out with the Fear of the Walking Dead guy this this past week. I did. I saw, I saw Tobias. His name is Lincoln. And, man, he's just – he's a cool kid, I have to say. He was probably one of my – aside from Lou, he was my favorite person to actually see and, like, stand next to and kind of just watch his panel. He's just so down to earth and really nice. And he had a lot of love. From a lot of people, like his, his booth was nonstop, and he just got a lot of applause and stuff. And you know, we're like, "You're our favorite guy." And he's like, "Thanks." He was really cool. Sorry, I'm a little starstruck. I I, I have to admit, I like these kind of things. They make me all giddy and and feel warm inside. <laughs> but yes, he was there. But. I don't, I don't. I don't know what to make of Fear of the Walking Dead. I, I really don't. I could not tell you what I think of it because I just. I do not know. This I, last episode, Ted, I think was pretty good. But it was I, pretty dark, I, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. It's just I don't feel anything watching it. I don't care about the characters. I feel they. I feel they completely screwed up what they should have done. They did, like you said, like we've said, they just jumped over the nine minutes. 
the nine days. Like we, it's nine like days. I thought. I thought we were gonna really get this downfall of society. They just jumped over all of it, and now it's the zombie apocalypse has been going on what two weeks, and it's already like people in cages, and there's a guy like look some human trafficking guy. It's like what is going on? Yeah, I didn't quite understand it. What What was the um, gentleman in the cage? doing to that man about his wife in the picture i i my brain I just even, couldn't understand that i, don't I, I didn't under, i, 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 I don't understand sense. that that whole story with the guy sitting on the toilet the whole why they had him interrogating him and then obviously they they took him to be exterminated i i, I don't understand all that I, I the the coliseum at the end are they storing zombies you know yeah. what if 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 ted we got a ma- we get a mass apocalypse with a coliseum full of zombies let loose ripping through people. Are you back on the? Well, that's wagon? what they that's what they need to do because this this I liked the first episode and I haven't really liked it since. But they gotta do something. I liked last night when Travis was supposed to shoot the zombie and he couldn't do it because they're still in that that period where they don't really understand what's going on. But um. Oh, hang hang on. Uh, we're getting a okay. message from Eduardo Sanchez. He nah. says he will. He says, "Let me look into it. He will get back to me with some." <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> okay, thanks. She is really <laughs> itching a lot. Say, 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 we're live on ZombieCast now. Are you I believe. I believe eggs have been laid <laughs> in her cottons. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, where, you know that this are, is zombie cast Are you doing this on this page? <laughs> I'm doing it in private chat. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, poop. In it's right in there. It's a public post, Norma. <laughs> <laughs> we are on zombie cast now, and she is just crying about the lice, lice everywhere. No. <laughs> okay. Well, um, yeah, but I, I like again. It's just. It just my problems are what I've already said that this is not acting like this is not what's how people would act it's gone from total normal world to the sh- shitstorm this quick um he said he told me to shave he said you need to shave your head um <laughs> can i just shake him on his beard <laughs> no what? don't say that nothing nothing <laughs> i didn't say anything. i'll, t- I'll no! tell no 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 and, and for anybody listening it, it, Ted is texting the guy that does uh, Dawn of the Dead TV series. He does the Blair Witch Project. Or from Dust from Till Dawn, he created Blair from Witch Project. From Dust Till Dawn, yeah. Uh, the TV series, uh, the Blair Witch Project. So, so yeah, Zombie, Zombie, Zombie Cast has evolved to we have the creator of the Blair Witch Project giving us recommendations on how to get rid of lice. Hell yeah. <laughs> but, but Ted, you know, uh, yeah, we, we're not going into the details of Fear the Walk Dead. People saw it. We we saw the drama. We saw the we saw the politics. We saw this, that, and the other. But my question is, that last scene of the Coliseum is what we want to see. If they give it to you, are you back on the yeah, train? Yeah, I just I hate how it, I I just feel like it's a the show is a big missed opportunity to me. That's what it is, and there's a lot of things on it I don't understand. I I'm I'm almost confused watching the show. But I think if they just they they're ho- they're hoarding all those zombies in the Coliseum, and if yeah, if if next week and we, it's the second half of season one, they said this is only the first half, so we get the second half. I think in a couple of months, if they open the doors and a hundred gazillion zombies pour out, 
And then Operation Cobalt happens where they start killing everybody and leaving, which I guess is what happened when they were killing everybody at the hospital in the Rick Grimes one when Shane was there. I guess that was part of like the universal Operation Cobalt where they just say, fuck it, we got to kill everybody. Um, yeah, it's going to be good. But my problem is I just don't like, with the exception of Madison and Travis, I don't like anyone else on the show. I don't care about anybody. Like I almost want the military to gun down everybody that's not Madison and Travis. <laughs> and, then, and then in the second half, you have Madison, Travis, and a whole new group of more likable people. Will the son get the daughter? Yeah, well, that's, She's that's hot, totally, man. She's that is hot. totally where that's going. His son is going to start banging his stepdaughter. She's hot. I man. thought that's, that, right? That's weird to me. And I'm like, she's pretty, but I don't know. Is there like a code of ethics with stuff like that? Not, I've always They're not blood related. They're I know not they're not blood related, but that's weird to me. That's a little strange. Um, I, mean, I don't know. I had a stepsister that was hot. What? <laughs> yeah. And did you date her? No. Or, you know. He, he didn't. He hit it and quit it. Yeah, see, I, yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that acceptable? You know, sure. that's I've always yeah. wanted to know that. Did you ever see hey, Norman? Did you ever see the movie Teeth? That had a beautiful love story between step siblings. No, I did not. Well, I remember reading watch. like in oh, teen magazines. About oh, it, Norma, you got it. Teeth is on Netflix. You got to watch that. T- it's a date movie. Get get Mr. Norma and watch Teeth. This oh, weekend. is it romantic? I'm it not is a romantic so romantic movie person. That, that's the, oh, that's no, the... it's not romantic at all. You need to watch Teeth. <laughs> that's the, it's about that's like it's the, about the, a it's the about J Teeth, right? It's about a demon vagina this girl has. It her just Christmas, man. Her Christmas. Oh, her it, Christmas. Bite, it bites men's dicks off. And the movie's the movie's not played for laughs. It's kind of like dead serious. <laughs> and when we have a uh, when we have Miss uh, uh, Dolly Hart's back on, I'm going to. Uh, I promised I would do top Tallywhacker Wednesday of my top ten Tallywhacker okay. scenes. Sounds scenes like and, and teeth will be on the list of top ten. T- it might be the number one Tallywhacker scene. Uh, you'll have to wait and see. Hmm. Hmm. I just texted Sandra. I'm like, Sandra, you don't know what they're doing to me. Uh, so look for it uh, two weeks when, when Dolly Hart's and, and Chris are on. Ted's I... top in Tallywhacker scenes and horror movies. Heck yeah. Yes. Tallywhacker Wednesday. That. I'm Tally excited. Wack- Tallywhacker Wednesday, even though it's Monday. Okay, so this is what I wanted to say for yesterday's episode or whatever uh sunday's episode yeah today's monday isn't it yeah i should know that anyways so i think it's interesting how quickly good people are becoming dark and i thought it was very interesting how the older gentleman the husband whose wife has just been taken and um how he reveals because we know he's hispanic we know he's got some kind of background but he pretty much, and I think if I didn't misunderstand, that he was not tortured in his war from his country. He was actually actually the torturer. So I'm assuming that he might be he might have been like a Colombian drug lord. Is this possible? Yeah, he's he's a cartel. Is that what dude. they is is that what they were hinting at? I was thinking maybe he was president of the United States, and then the you know. Maybe they'd be like, yo, you were pre-, just to show how, how everybody's falling. And that's what I thought it was interesting, how quickly even – I don't know. I guess it's a, it's, it's a question that I wanted to pose to you guys. Would you go to the extremes that this man is going to to get information? Would you be willing to inflict pain on somebody else? Yes. With the intention of killing them to find – 
I mean, would it just seems like they're losing their humanity way too quickly already here. And yeah, that's, that's is my it point. Really, that, yeah, yeah, is that's it really, exactly it. Are we really that borderline ready to lose our humanity? They are two weeks away. That's what I was saying. The zombie apocalypse isn't going on a couple of weeks. They're not even to the point where Rick Grimes woke up. And these people are already like level three Walking Dead original cast members of like, I don't care. Let's torture people and do whatever. Mm-hmm. That, that too. They seem like they're going. Everything is moving way too fast considering what's happening is my point. They're they're two day they're two weeks into the zombie outbreak. Two weeks ago they were just going to out. they were going to school like normal, and now the world has just fallen apart. It's just it's moved. People said originally that first episode is so slow. Well, I wish we had that first episode because the last four have been boom, it's, boom, boom. it's too dumb, fast. Dumb. They've been they've been it's it's just not a well done show. I hate to say it because I was looking forward to it. And I was one of the few people that liked the first episode. I just have not liked it since. I think they have misstepped every bit of it. Do you think uh, it's still, in your opinion, because you're, you're kind of in the middle. You don't know what to think yet. Do you think this show is still salvable? salvageable? I, th- I think they have no choice because you know what? There was an article just yesterday said Fear the Walking Dead is becoming worrisome for AMC already because the ratings are dropping every week. Whereas the Rick Grimes one... More, it gets more and more popular every year. It's bigger now than it's ever been, you know, five, six seasons in. So they're going to have to retool something. And it's rumored Rick Grimes wants to move back to England <clears throat> with his family. Remember we saw that rumor yes, post a couple weeks ago. I don't, yeah, but I don't know if he, if he, has, I don't think he can just, if he has like a deal, he can't just say, well, I'm going to leave. I know y'all are making billions of dollars, but fuck it, I'm out of here. I think there's. Could they? Just, could they? Just, let me, let me ask you, could they yeah. pull the friends million dollars an episode? Because now they're making what? Literally chump change compared to you what know, actors make. Like, like 100000 an episode, which is nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Rick I mean, Grimes, if, if the show that's that popular and they're making that much money off of, Rick Grimes deserves is the biggest show on TV yeah, and he's the main absolutely. character. He deserves that money. Sitcoms. If he's threatening to walk away, and I'm like, you know what? If you're making a million, it's not like he has a movie career, really. If he's making that much money, just. Explain to your wife and kids you're getting on a plane and moving to America. <laughs> you know, I mean, really. Well, remember he left Walker Stalker when we were there because of his he missed his wife and kids. They were but, coming in on a plane or yeah, something. But I, I, I don't know how that works. But I, I doubt Andrew Lincoln can just go, yeah, I know this is a billion-dollar franchise, but I'm just going to walk away. I'm sure they have him under some sort of binding something. But, I, you know, sitcoms. Was it Charlie Sheen was making, what, 700000 an episode? Done. Kiefer Sutherland was making more money than anybody ever off of each episode of Twenty Four because he started it and executive produced it. He was making like millions an episode. So, so. I, I think Rick Grimes. I, I really think that that he, not Daryl Dixon, no way. But I, I think that uh, Andrew Lincoln uh, is should be a, a million dollar an episode because you got to think a sitcom. They get out there, literally, they rehearse their lines. If they can do a sitcom, literally, hour and a half. If, if they wanted to, because it's in front of a live audience, you know, it's not going to take ten hours to make. And the set is like episode. just a, a a living room set. Usually, yeah. there's, there's not much money in there. And, and I mean, yeah, I mean, there's blood, sweat, and tears. I think into things like like Twenty Four, and then uh, The Walking Dead, you know, because it's on location. You know, I'm, I'm sure being on set sucks. I mean, it's good to be them, but I'm sure that there's like two hours of setting up and they're just like i, I bet it's some long days well, on, on the yeah and dead. you know in 24 24 and um 
like The Walking Dead, yeah, the difference is in the budget, like 24 went away, remember it went away, then it came back. It was a budgetary thing because they were just blowing shit up and they're out in the streets having to shut down streets and shooting guns. I mean, that show looked, every episode of 24 was like a movie. It so was. I can't imagine what the budget for that show was. I mean, right. Jack Bauer's running through London with machine guns. <laughs> it's just crazy. But then you have friends. They're just sitting on a set in a studio in Burbank. Making a ton of money. Million dollars so, episode. But I think they could, like like we said, I don't think Daryl will ever get with Ricketts because I think they could kill Daryl and the show would continue and be fine. You kill Rick, I think the show is devastated and hurt, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, yeah, we've been in a room with both of them, Ted, and you, and you got to, as most people w- would assume, Daryl Dixon is, is, the ladies love him. But when Andrew Lincoln walks in the room, I mean, it's presidential feel. I mean, the guys and the girls are like, wow, there's fucking Rick Grimes. Yeah, he's he's Rick. He's, no, no. you know, Norma, I mean, it, it really is breathtaking, kind of, whenever you, you walk into a room and Rick Grimes is in there, you're like, Wow. Well, I mean, that's how I felt just, you know, just seeing Shane from like five feet away. You know what I mean? And and just seeing um, Josh well, he's, McDermott. He's the, he's the punisher now. Well, <laughs> yeah. You know, it was – I've heard from, you know, several people that, you know, he – it seemed like he was just – he had like a, like an arrogant kind of air to him that actually went up and met and spoke with him and stuff. And I'm like, well – you know, he, he has grown from, you know, since his characters left, what, season two, you know, and he has moved on to do bigger projects and stuff. Yeah. So I can see that. But, you know, like I said, that's what I thought was kind of neat about a lot of these other actors that I met, that they seemed like really nonchalant. Like, yeah, I'm just like a person just like you. No big deal. Um, one of the questions I thought that was interesting, one of the kids, uh, not kids, one of the guests yesterday asked... I want to say Tobias, but she asked him a question. I wish I'd gone up and asked him a more thorough question that she said, you know, where would you like Tobias to be uh, at the end of Fear? And I should have gone up there and asked him, how would you like Fear and The Walking Dead to combine? You know, what would be an interesting story? Have you thought of an interesting story? So uh, I'm going to propose this question to you guys. Ted, someone wants you in chat. They do want you in chat. How would you like... Fear the Walking Dead and the Walking Dead to kind of combine. Can you think of anything? They missed that opportunity like, with Jenner. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> well, like Sandra and I, I, I agree with you, Ted. It should have been about I, Jenner and the research of yeah. the virus. I mean, I still think they can connect them. You know, maybe these people that we're seeing could actually be the saviors of the whole apocalypse, you know, that Rick and his crew end up finding an actual safe safe zone and it has these people in it. Or, you know, another take that Sandra and I were I thinking love is Ted. that... Somebody that really they wants would, you in chat. Yeah. What's the, what's the, person, what's the person's it's name? all games. All games. They want you. Oh. Um, and Amrib does say that Ted doesn't love us enough to be in chat. It's I guess true. it's 10 o'clock, but I just kind of want to leave it out on this. And I see Mayor Young is in, in chat too. Um, but I think, you know, another take that we thought it'd be kind of cool that if, you know, during one of the fear, uh, episodes, we see the zombie of one of the characters here from fear, the walking dead. Yeah. Cause it is, it is like three years later. So you could have. If you, it'd be kind of cool if you knew 
one of the characters that's alive on that show, but then you saw him as a zombie, so you know, <laughs> you know that's where it's going. Oh, and uh, Norma, before we leave, we have some more Eduardo uh, uh, Sanchez updates. Oh, boy. Uh, All right, uh, we'll go ahead and get those. We'll get to the wrap-up shows. We have a show coming up. Uh, um, he, he says uh, you need to go check with your local pharmacist. <laughs> I said uh, she's going. I said I think she's gonna go with the head shaving, and he said only way to make a hundred percent sure you get them all once your head is shaven, wrap it with at least half a roll of clear shipping tape and have and keep and, and have her keep it on overnight. And then I said, okay, she thinks she got the lice from rolling around play fighting with Daryl Dixon at Walker Stalker Con, and he said, of course she did. So that's where we're at. So. <laughs> oh my god! Ted, someone said in chat they want your they want your ding dong. <laughs> your is junk. It, is, it, is it Ray Guy? No, I'm. Mean, it's in all games. They they have not um, womaned manned up enough oh. to put their name on. It says the I want chat. Ted's dick. Well, hit, hit me up on. Hit, send me a tweet. <laughs> all right guys let's get to the wrap-up show right. sorry fantastic forum uh as we're a couple minutes over but miss norma where can people find you <laughs> oh, God, she'll be at the boring. pharmacy later I'm, getting yeah with because of daryl dixon thanks daryl anyways you can find me on twitter under normie 477 or you can find me um on thursday nights here on allgames.com 9 p.m eastern standard time with knuckleballer radio and come find me under on my Facebook under Normie Late, and you can see a lot of pictures I took from this weekend at Walker Stalker Con, including videos of a lot of the actors that you might have enjoyed seeing along the way. Nice, nice. So there. Ah, uh, is Ted here? Where is Ted? <laughs> I don't know, Ted. Where can you be found? Uh, Ted, I can on everything: Xbox Live, Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, Vine. Whatever. Um, and uh, if, if, and you will find you will find me uh, on Panic Mountain, uh, falling from a zip line this Friday. Probably you'll find me at Panic Mountain, smashed on the rocks, beneath the zip line this Friday. Don't do that. Sandra just accepted your your friend request, so don't do that. Because then you can't like talk to Sandra. I'm gonna see how many maybe Sandra's in chat. <laughs> N- maybe I don't think so, I think her but name maybe. Is all games. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter.com slash FreemanDaddy5. My Xbox One gamer tag is FreemanDaddy7. That's just number seven, FreemanDaddy7. And be sure to check out Knuckleball Radio every Thursday nights, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern, here with me, Eli Sodum, and Miss Normalate. Me and her uh, here on ZombieCast. Mm-hmm. But uh, check us out on Knuckleball Radio. Ted and Norma, you guys rock. Thank you for being mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, we're awesome. not going to be live next week, but we will do a show next week for the season finale of Fear the Walking Dead off the record. Uh, so be sure to check the feeds for that. Leave us a review. Guys, if you're in chat, go leave us a damn review. Come on. Yeah, yeah. What the hell? We don't get paid for this. We get paid with reviews. Reviews. We get, with, we get paid with free passes to Panic Mountain and stuff like that. See, there you go. Hey, I take it. If I was in California, yeah. we get there. We get free Walker Stalker tickets. Yes. But uh, but on behalf of the awesome Nate Rockcore, UFC fighter who was on earlier for Zombie Cage Fighter, the comic, go to zombiecagefighter.com. Buy those shirts, buy those comics, help Nate out. Really awesome guy. So if you're new to chat, be sure to go back and listen to the, this episode on the feeds. And uh, we love you guys. But on behalf of Mr. Nate Rock Quarry, Mr. Derek H for streaming us, Mr. Normal Update, Mr. Tedekin, and myself, Freeman Daddy 5, we call it episode 173 of Zombicast. <laughs> I think I can take Nate, guys.
They'd be like, pow, yeah. right in the throat. I, I'd, I'd pay to see that. Pow, <laughs> right in the throat. I'm pretty sure I could beat him up. I'd kick him in his head. Pow! Good night, zombies! Good night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.